This is a 980 CKNW podcast. We are going to talk a little bit more about uh, the BC, uh, the property surtax, talking about the new tax coming in on homes in British Columbia with the assessed values of more than $3 million. And Reese Kesselman is an economist specializing in taxation policy, also a professor emeritus with the SFU School of Public Policy. And Reese joins us on the line now. Thank you so much for being with us. Glad to join you. Uh, why is it, uh, you're saying that this is the right way to go, that this isn't punitive or unfair. Uh, why do you think this is the correct tax to put out there? Well, it is part of a whole uh, a whole bunch of policies that are um, being put into place to deal with the housing affordability crisis and also to uh, collect more revenue for the province to deal with a lot of public needs. Now, we'll focus, of course, on the surtax, uh, and it simply is a very good tax in terms of the standard criteria used for assessing tax policies. It's simple. It doesn't require any further Appraisal doesn't require any of the complexities like in the income tax. It is straightforward. It's something that people cannot avoid or evade, unlike a variety of other taxes through planning and uh, both legal and illegal measures. Um, And it's efficient. It's mainly a tax on land, and uh, taxing land is the most efficient way to get revenues. So a lot of the debate really is whether it is fair or equitable, and I'll be glad to discuss that with you. Because a lot of the pushback has come from people saying our wealth is in the house, that we're not wealthy unless we are to sell this house that has gone up leaps and bounds because of the Vancouver market. So how maybe explain that then. How is it fair that somebody then who is, is not cash wealthy but is house wealthy will now be faced with this bill? Well, first of all, certainly many of the people with these uh, multi-million dollar homes are not poor in cash. Okay, some are, some may be because they bought 20, 30, 40 years ago and have uh, gotten the windfall of multi-million dollar increases in their home value where their, their income didn't rise correspondingly or perhaps they're retired now and didn't save a lot outside of their home equity. Um, Okay, so people who have a lot of wealth and owning a home of three, four, five, eight, ten million dollars means you are wealthy in in the grand scheme of things. Most people do not accumulate even a million dollars over their entire lifetime in Canada. Um, So the wealth is there, and the question is, um, is there a fair way to... Um, collect the tax, and certainly for seniors, which is actually age 55 and up, as well as families with a dependent child, there is the option to defer the tax. So if they don't want to pay now or they feel it's a hardship to pay now, they can defer the tax, and then when they ultimately sell the home, uh, the tax will be collected. So there is that in place. I would personally argue for allowing deferral of surtax on all affected homeowners. Um, that's not in the law yet. We'll see. But 
wealth is wealth. Wealth is <laughs> multi-million dollars in wealth is uh, puts a person well above a person earning median income or even two or three times median income if they don't have this accumulated wealth. Uh, when you talk about a deferral, though, and if it was extended, or even the way it is, with, as you said, with the groups that already qualify, if that's the option, though, and that's what people choose to do, how then is this tax going to raise money and help housing affordability? Okay. Um, the government can log the deferred taxes on, on its books so that in terms of balancing budgets and and being able to pay for needed public services, whether it's paid now or paid in the future with uh, interest being charged and actually at a very low rate, this does add to uh, government revenues. And many of the people affected by the surtax will choose not to defer, or and some, of course, will not have that option. So there will be money flowing into the government and uh, helping us to pay for um, shortfalls from the previous government in health care and in housing and uh, um, services for seniors. Um, you know, a lot of things have been neglected by, by our provincial government that are now being addressed. Uh, what do you say, though, to to and, and you make, I know, the the comment or, or paint the scenario of somebody then who somebody who is making, say, five million dollars or, or or bringing in that type of income is subject to taxes and subject to, to to various different taxes on that income, which is not the same as somebody who owns a five million dollar home or, or whose house has now been assessed at five million dollars. Uh, but does that not mean so the person, though, that's that's making the money and paying tax on it like everybody does? That person likely also owns a home. Are they? They're not. They're also now going to be dinged with this extra tax on top of uh, everything else. Well, you're making a lot of assumptions. I I put that in in my article in the Taiyi, which is an online um, uh, newspaper. Let's say uh, to compare two people with the same amount of wealth. Okay, one has it in their home. One has it in financial assets or maybe a a family business. And the person with the $5 million home is treated extremely favorably in the tax system. There's no tax on the capital gain. There's no tax on the rental value of the home, which uh, they enjoy without having to pay rent. And there's no tax on uh, the inheritance or the bequest from that home, uh, should they leave that to uh, uh, to the relatives? So it's a matter of uh, fairness, or what we call horizontal equity, in in assessing tax policies. But they are likely paying, and I mean, every scenario is different because it's impossible to know if somebody, I know, I will use the number of the $5 million. It's impossible to know how much equity somebody has in a $5 million home. They are paying probably a mortgage. They are paying large property taxes if your house is assessed at that value. You are, they are still paying taxes. It's not, the, not as though they're living there for free. Well, anyone accumulating other assets, um, if they're leveraged, in other words, if they have debt on it, of course, has to pay interest, too. I think it's very unlikely that many people with 5 and 8 and $10 million homes have a large mortgage. Try to get a mortgage from a bank for over a million. 
not so easy to do. So these, these are mostly people who have uh, simply owned the home for a period and enjoyed massive, massive appreciation in values that are not going to be taxed. So unlike other assets, whether it's stocks or bonds or a business, if you have appreciation of the asset, you are going to be taxed on the gain. We have an exemption on uh, capital gains on your principal residence. And, uh, you know, compare that with other countries. Look over the border. Uh, the U.S. taxes gains on homes over $250,000. So if the person had a home they might have bought for, oh, 200000 which is now worth $5 million. Let's say they bought it 20 or 30 years ago. Uh, here, that is entirely tax-free. The U.S. also has, uh, and most countries have, inheritance and estate taxes. Canada does not have that either. So we, just in terms of overall fairness across people within Canada, those amassing large gains in their home versus those amassing gains on their uh, business or their investments, financial investments, um, there's a very severe imbalance in the taxation. All right. We'll have to leave it there. We're right out of time. Uh, Reese Kesselman, thank you for coming on the show. I appreciate it. You're welcome. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, Tune in Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.